Even when you try to maintain a healthy diet, it can be tough to get all of the nutrients you need for long-term health. Care of makes it super easy and even fun to figure out what vitamins and supplements are best for your diet and lifestyle. Go to takecareof.com and take a short quiz to get your personalized vitamin recommendation. Use offer code AMR at checkout for 50% off your first month of vitamins. Hey everybody, it's Sarah. Before we get to the show, just wanted to let you know that we launched our first 2015 challenge. It's the AMR Noon Year No Limits Challenge. And what that is, is a program where we support you from your first step to across the finish line of either a 10K or a half marathon. Tons of fun. You get a training plan that's supported on Training Peaks, an amazing community on Strava, weekly emails from us, training secrets, like the most awesome t-shirt and medal at the end of the whole thing. And at the beginning of the challenge, you get a swag bag stock full of noon and goo, Belega socks and Highlands homeopathic remedies. So it's really awesome. Plus you get the AMR community to support you every step of the way. So if this sounds like a great thing to you, head over to our store site, motherrunnerstore.com and check it out. Again, it is the no limits challenge for either 10K or half marathon. Marathon. Now on to the show. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. This is Dimity in Denver, and it's uh, about what two and a half weeks after Christmas now. Is that where we are? Or two? Oh, it's almost coming up on three, I think. Coming up on three. Okay, and I think my. Sarah are finally healed from those mini Ikea wrenches. <laughs> Holy cow. They were raw. They were just raw and, after and, Christmas. And remind people why you were fiddling with so many Ikea little wrenches. Well, because we did get Ben. We talked about this on a previous podcast, but my eight-year-old son wanted a new bed. Mm-hmm. So um, because that was a practical gift and because he really wanted it, that mm-hmm. was his main gift. Um And the story of why my thumbs took the brunt is um, I'm running a little bit now, which is great. And it was a beautiful Christmas morning here in Denver. And so um, after we had our whole little celebration and present opening, um, I was like, I just, I think I want to just go out for like a 25 minute run walk. Mm -hmm. Uh, I said that to Grant and I said, why don't you start on the bed? Because he was going to go, we had a little bit of a time issue in that he was going to go see Unbroken with my stepdad. So he had to be out of the house by a certain time. So, um, so I was like, you start on the bed, you know, putting it together because Lord knows we did not do that prior to uh, you, you weren't you weren't the elves up at you know oh. midnight doing that and being real well, quiet yeah, about I mean, it and surreptitious some... yeah oh, I, I've never been that kind of elf trust me <laughs> <laughs> you're a little too tall to be that elf anyway so yeah. you didn't yeah. get hired <laughs> and so I was like you start on the bed and then I will you know and I'll go for a run and then you come back when I come back he needed to go for a run or he wanted to go for a run and then he could take off so I thought maybe it was kind of be like half and half like he does half I do half oh, oh no I see where this well, is going <laughs> yeah so I come back and he has put on, you know, Ikea, like everything is, you know, I mean, they, it's, can it, I, it can serves I, its purpose. It serves its purpose. It's very utilitarian, but there's like a middle brace on the kind of that attaches the headboard to the, um, to the bottom of the frame. frame. Yeah. And this is a boring story and I won't go into all the details, but like basically Grant, the, this, the headboard had two slots. Grant put the slots on upside down. 
And he told me that. And I was like, okay, fine. I will turn them around. So, you know, so I undo them all, which is not the way that you want to use the wrench, right? It's like easier to tighten than kind of loosen in my mind. So I loosen them. And it turns out that I have to undo the whole bottom thing. I mean, it's this total pain in the butt. And I get it all back together and I put it on the exact same way Grant put it on the wrong way. So at this point, he walks in from his hour long run. I'm like, we have got to take this whole frame apart because this little part on the bottom isn't working. He's like, hold on, hold on. And so like long story short, I just, I assembled, disassembled and reassembled that bed like, like well, well, two and a half times basically the main parts. So, oh, like literally three hours. Later, I'm like, we took a lunch break. I'm like, you guys, I have to take a lunch break because I am not going to be able to finish this bed. I'm going to pass out and I'm going to be so angry by the time we finally get over to my sister's house for dinner. So, oh, oh my gosh, can I tell you, something? first of all, it just like harkens so many things, like the whole you know, like Dimity, like never mind, I'll just do it myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That you did it wrong. I did it wrong. I mean, I didn't even. That and I was, was like, and it just speaks to the fact that if you start an IKEA project, you should be the point person from beginning to end because passing the wrench doesn't work so well because there's always well, like little things like, oh yeah, that's the right screw or that's you know like there's oh, just well, you know a little bit of knowledge that comes with starting it. And I gotta say, Dim, that I completely agree with that philosophy because I we have a fair bit of IKEA furniture in our house, and I'm not sure I've ever touched a single screw. Jack is like the man he is so talented at that type of stuff because you know he used to be a contractor and he just really has a very um analytical mind like that and so i mean like he's like a ginsu chef with that thing it's like done i actually hired him i know it was a 75 dollar uh yeah you can hire people to put them together and i was like oh i can do you know that's that's you know and now i'm like okay i have lost four layers of skin and i've you know muttered words in front of my kids that i shouldn't have muttered and and you're never getting those three hours of your life back ever exactly on christmas day no less on christmas on a beautiful christmas day no less yeah yeah it's gonna have been raining or anything oh Oh my goodness. Oh, wow. Wow. wow, So how was, how were your holidays? Did you, would you guys have a good time? We did. We, um, well, so, um, the main president in our household was a we, you, so W I I and the letter U, which as I, my vague understanding of it is it's, you know, the next level up of a we system. And, you know, which is a video. I don't, I'm not even sure it's a video game system. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So that, um, because so, definitely the way you say we you people are like what um oh, yeah, so, i know i knew about it yeah. I, mean, I think it's i think it's definitely uh you know a certain uh demographic of parents with an you know kids of a certain age okay because yeah it, all our neighbors who are empty nesters when we told them oh the kids have been playing with the wii u all day they're like i just said like something yeah. in japanese to them so um so our the tv that the wii is on is in the basement in our finished basement and um, right next to where I ship all our orders. And so uh, they were in the basement for the entire day. But at least, at least they're all three kids were down there together. And the only shouting they did was excitement directed toward the television. I was about to say at the TV. Yeah. 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 So there, there was no bickering. Phoebe didn't retreat to her room as she is wont to do as she turns 13 on this day that the podcast is being 
heard or being released. Oh, wow. We're officially uh, another yeah. Mother Runners of Teenagers. Yeah, the, another AMR, the Teenage Edition. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, so Phoebe turns uh, 13 on January 10th. And um, so she hung out. So she, uh, her bedroom is on the third floor of our house. And it's, the, that's the whole floor. Uh, like, that's the only room up there other than a bathroom. And so she, you know, retreats up there a lot. So, but she was down in the basement with, with them, interacting. Granted, I realize it wasn't, they weren't sitting there, you know, cutting things out and making decoupage Dude, or something. Yeah. They can play video games <laughs> yeah, yeah. all day. It's Christmas okay. Day. Okay. Yeah. To justify it. Okay. At so, least not with me. I don't know if you have a higher power you need to justify it with, but not me. Okay. So it, it was kind of i was like oh that's nice they're all playing together and um oh they oh i don't know they got um do you know what squishables are um they are these no. they are a toy that's i think yes they are definitely on t you know as seen on tv but um they are these large round plush um stuffed animals but they're more like a pillow but because they have just so the um john daphne each got um a corgi squishable so like a corgi dog so it's like this huge imagine this huge round um plush uh shades of brown ball that then has like a little nose two tiny ears very like you know two inch long um you know feet and legs sticking out and they just loved the heck out of their squishables oh my gosh they were so excited for their squishables wow. um i've not heard of those yeah Maybe yeah you, yes but. yeah and then um then the other thing that was uh that you they have commercials for and i was the one who made us buy into this they're these th- things called digi birds and they are um, little plastic birds. Maybe they're the size of kind of a sparrow, but they're brightly colored and they're plastic. And um, we, I saw them at Target and I was like, oh, I totally want a Digibird. And Jack was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, no, 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 let's all get Digibirds. And they're these little things that, um, so you, they, you know, they're electronic. And so you turn them on. If you turn them on one way, they'll just kind of twitter and tweet and turn their head in not, it is robotic, yes, but it's not a predictable. They are, they're not, they don't just go left, right, left, right, left, right. They'll like kind of do two to the left and Twitter and then, you know, one to the right and then two again to the something. And so they keep you guessing. They yeah, they keep you guessing. guessing. So anyway, so, and then, but if you, then you can switch the switch the other way. And if you have a bunch of digi birds, they will sing different songs together. <laughs> Like oh little gosh. tweet things. And then you get a little, oh my gosh, you get a, a whistle with it that if you blow the whistle, then that's when they'll start singing. Well, I see the whistle and I don't, re- I don't read the instructions. And I was just in like, okay, I'm in cleanup mode. Oh, what's this little plastic thing that came with the Digibirds? Into the garbage it goes. Oh, shoot. <laughs> and so then when I was, thankfully, I read the instructions right after that because I was like, wait, because we knew you had to whistle at the Digibird to make it sing. And we're like, oh. And it's not Look doing at anything. Look you whistle on cue. I've never learned to whistle. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's my whistling. Oh, my goodness. On the road trip for the book tour, I will teach you how to whistle. I specifically I I remember. I, this is an old dog. The new trick I've tried so many times. But anyway, so, yeah. So, so, you so I'm trying. The, the I'm trying. So, so then I'm like, oh, oh, I threw it out. So and I thrown it out in our outdoor garbage can. <laughs> oh, so but thankful, dumpster diving for it. <laughs> I did dumpster diving on Christmas. That's me. That's how I roll. And so, but thankfully, it had been. Uh, I'd thrown it out by itself, so I didn't have to dig through a bag. And it was. It landed on like some packing material, so it was very dry. You know, as sanitary as packing material can get. I was like, sweet, I got the Digibird whistle back. And <sighs> everyone who comes into our house, we have them like sitting out on the kitchen island, are like, oh, what are those little plastic birds? And then I show them what they do, and they're like, oh. 
they're magical. They're so enchanting. <laughs> so so I feel like, you know, like, hey, Jack, don't you love our Digibirds? Didn't I make a, make a good purchase at Target? <laughs> good job. So, good job. So I don't know. So I'm thinking there's a YouTube video in my future of the Digibirds. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Or I'm thinking maybe sure. maybe they exist already. So I don't know. <laughs> Guessing they might. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, we have, we, I know we are very um, stoked about this episode. Wait, wait, wait. Before we get to our guests, we got to, first, I got to know, did you get any kitchen utensils? Oh my gosh. So <laughs> funny, Dimity. On Christmas Day, I thought, sweet, I didn't get a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I gotta I gotta share this quick story, then we yeah. will get to our guests because it's fun. Um, but uh, so wait and refresh bought... refresh people's mind why you asked me that. Oh well, because we each got um a spoon. spoons for Christmas last year. I got a plastic spoon like two ninety nine. That was like, and I think I shared a later podcast. The shipping was like six ninety nine for it. <laughs> I mean, it's it is the most bland plastic. You would never know it's you know it was a gift. And you got kit, uh, kitchen or salad service, salad service. Yes, that I did. That I returned for a bracelet. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, <laughs> so then this year, um, you know, we the way that we work. Santa doesn't, you know, Santa exists still for Ben, who is eight. I can't tell if he's bluffing or not, but I'm just playing along. So, you know, I fill, I shop for basically everybody but my own stocking is how it works <laughs> and my presents. Although sometimes I shop for my own presents, which I did this year too. Um, so, uh, so I had stockings ready to go for Amelia and Ben and Grant. And, you know, the deal is, is that you use separate paper because it comes from santa oh, so you oh, can't of use course. the same paper. oh i made a big deal out of that this year and i'm convinced no one in my family noticed it i'm like but wait those three papers are from santa <laughs> <laughs> can't you tell <laughs> so um so it's it's literally um 2 30 we are going it's christmas eve it's 2 30 um we are going to church at three and then um my family's my family is all going to church with us, like my extended family. And then we're just coming back to my house and we're having a meal. So, you know, basically like in, in half an hour, the, the, there is no more time <laughs> for any gifts. And so, um, I had bought two books on Amazon that I wanted. Um, and so I was like, Oh, these are good for my stocking. And so Grant came up to get dressed in our room. And so I had put them in his like underwear door. And I said, Grant, I have two books, you know, in your underwear drawer that I'd like in my stocking, please. You know? And I said, and then we have this trunk at the foot of our bed that I keep this wrapping paper in, or I did uh-huh. until the kids found it. Um, and I said, <laughs> and the stocking paper is in the, is in the, um, trunk. So please do that when you wrap them. And, um, he goes, okay, okay. And then like, he's <laughs> silent for a minute or not even a minute, more like 15 seconds. And he goes, okay, I totally forgot to do a stocking for you. <laughs> and, uh, and I had two choices at that moment. I could have gotten angry, but really like, you know, I mean, I, what I've come to realize over, you know, we'll be married, um, 15, 15 years, years in June. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and we, my family celebrated Christmas way different than his family. And I mean, you know, that's a much longer story, but the reality is, is it's a much bigger deal for me than it is for him. And I just, you know, it's okay. Like, cause most, I mean, most of the time my stocking is paper products, post-it notes and the like, pens oh, but and I, some chocolate. Oh, which, but you don't get like toothpaste and toothbrush and you know, that type I of mean, 
No, not really. I mean, I, we just, you know, whatever I don't. Um, and so I was like, you know, I'm like, it is okay. You know, I didn't get mad. I said, it's okay. Um, I've got a couple things. I mean, I had two books. I had some lotion that I could take out of Amelia's and give to me. Mm-hmm. And I just divided up the stuff that I had bought for him. I'm like, I, you know, because he's like, oh, I should go. And I'm like, no, don't just don't go to Walgreens and buy junk. Oh my gosh. Like, I don't want oh, no. that, you know? No, like, no, no. Just, yeah. You know, they're not going to notice that I, we each have four things in our stocking and they have 14, like, Ugh. cause it's not about us. It's about them, you yeah, know? So yeah. oh anyway, God. so that's my Christmas oh, wait, tale. Well, I mean, well, it's, I don't want to cast Grant in a bad light and I, you know, I, oh, I, I really, can, I can cast, it's not that big of a deal to me, but it was just kind of funny. I was like, oh geez, of I course. Can, I can cast Jack in a bad light. Uh, <laughs> okay. Do that. Okay. So that, okay. So you mentioned in there that you buy some gifts for yourself. Well, I totally bought gifts for myself. I love, love going to the holiday fairs or the winter bazaars that they have here in Portland, you know, the land of the DIY. So got some cute jewelry that I will debut on some of our book tour events, Dimity. And, um, the, and then, uh, oh, I don't know. I got a, uh, I don't know. Maybe I got, uh, oh, it's got a scarf. I got an infinity scarf for myself. Maybe I got one or two other things. And, you know, I wrapped them. My, no, I Phoebe wrapped them. She offered to wrap them. And, so then, but I had actually made, I am not a big present giver, but this year I'm like, no, I'm going to get Jack some things. And so, you know, I got him this really cute shirt from the Saturday market here and um, got, got him a number of things. Got him some really cute boxer shorts. Oh my gosh. Like we talked about them, the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway, so I thought, oh, I wonder what Jack got for me. Oh, that would be nothing. Absolutely Nothing. <laughs> I'm like, really? You got me nothing. And so like today I uh, walked downstairs and I had one of the things I'd given myself was this really nice um, hand cream that smells really good. And I've gotten two compliments on how I smell recently, which is a real rarity in a positive <laughs> sense. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I walked downstairs and Jack goes, oh, you smell really good today. And I said, oh, thank you. It's the hand cream that you gave me. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm so nice. And I'm just like, I mean, I don't know. So I think, I think I maybe. think you just have to reconcile that, you know, it, it, Christmas is not about spouses, you know? I mean, it really is. I mean, that's it. I oh. mean, to make you feel better, I got, I mean, I got a sweater and a pair of jeans from J. Crew that I picked out yeah. and then the, the jeans don't fit me. And so <laughs> I asked Grant like two days ago if he has a receipt and he's not even sure he does. So oh, I'm like, shoot. well, I hope so. Um, and then I got two pillows. That, uh, that the kids picked out two pillows for my bed. So that was my Christmas was two pillows and an outfit that I picked out. Yeah. Oh, I do. Which just... again, like, it's fine. <laughs> and then like, you know, it's a first world problem, but you're just like, okay. Yeah. You know, gone are the days where I'm like, oh, I'll, I get to sleep in my new pajamas and read my new book and, yeah. you know, take a bath with my new bubble bath <laughs> and all that. I do have to say though, Jack got uh, for John, our son to give me for Christmas perhaps the best present I got, which is this really awesome cowbell that has a handle on it, like a grippy handle. Like it almost looks like part of a handle of an old fashioned bike that it has, you know, kind of finger notches sure. to it. Yeah. Because I, th- when I had uh, watched the Portland marathon for three hours and I had just a little, your typical the cowbell, yeah. yeah, which are really hard to ring. You know, because if you hold the sides, then it doesn't make a good sound. And if you hold the little tiny top, your fingers get kind of crampy. It is the most awesome cowbell. Oh, I think we need to see a picture of that. I do, yeah. And uh, but 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 he left the price tag on, 
And so I look at the price tag. It says $30. And I'm like, dear God in heaven, you spent, is this for real? And he goes, no, 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 it was on huge sale. I'm like, oh, thank heavens. Uh, <laughs> Did you believe that? I, it better because otherwise, I mean, we just, we do not have $30 to be spending on cowbells. Cow let me tell you. Well, you know what? You'll have it forever. And that's, it'll always remind you of a great gift. Yeah. And um, uh, then when, uh, so we've had this woman, Amy Little, on the podcast, and she, um, in her uh, I Will resolution that we had on our Facebook page and website recently, she yeah. said that she's finally running a marathon and she's running Portland Marathon and she recently moved to Idaho. And my first thought was, sweet, I can use the cowbell to cheer <laughs> on Amy. <laughs> Get in her face. Like, Amy. I've been ringing it for hours and I don't even yeah. have hand cramps. It's awesome. Wow. Wow. Well, you sound like you got had a really noisy Christmas. I'm, I'm you know, I'll take my raw red thumbs over birds that chirp and a cowbell because that sounds, that's my own little version of my, you know, seventh circle of hell. But, um, but we should get to our guest because she's great. And um, we're really excited to have her on because her appearance starts, debuts, um, our third book, yes. uh, Tales from Another Mother Runner, which will be out in early March, but we are going to, you know, like a movie preview, kind of try to sell you on it before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a whole um, scheme going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And the book is broken into, is it seven parts, Sarah? I can't oh, even remember goodness. right now. Oh, my goodness. Dimity, if you don't know, then there's no I hope. I know, I know. Well, is it um, six, seven? Well, I can, I can look. Or maybe yeah. it's five. Oh, <laughs> it's geez, some, some number. Well, anyway, I know that the first section, we're going to have somebody from each section. It's like joy, perspective, strength. Um, Perseverance. Resilience, you know, that kind of thing. And so the first one I know for sure is ownership, which um, is, is a great way to kick off a running book. And, um, and the first essay is by a very talented writer named Nicole Blades. Um, she has been a journalist for 18 years um, and worked at a bunch of different magazines. And she's written for everything from Women's Health to ESPN the Magazine to um, Cosmopolitan. She has a, her first novel is called Earth's Waters, and that was published in 2007. Um, in addition to the essay that she wrote in Tales from Another Mother Runner, she's also working on a new novel. And um, if you like her, and we're certain you will, um, you can check out her blog at MissMaryMack.com. So it's M-S and then Mary Mack, M-A-C-K.com. So it's really Ms. Mary Mack, not Miss. Um, so yeah, so without further ado, here she is. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. We're excited to have you be the first of our Tales from Another Mother Runner essays on the podcast. I'm really excited. I got to tell you. <laughs> no pressure, though. No pressure. You just have to sell, you know, the book, get us on the New York Times bestseller list. So if you can, you know, just handle that, that's all. No, I'm just kidding. Take walk. Take walk. Um, so let's step back, Nicole. Why don't you talk about just your athletic background a little bit? What, how did all your roads lead to running? Gosh, I've always been one of those kids who's just running around and active. And um, when I was younger, I did gymnastics. So a lot of tumbling and hopping and, you know, bending over backwards, and, which is a lot of uh, what you do as a mother, by the way. <laughs> and I also did some track and field. So um, I did, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, four by 100 relays and long jump and all those kinds of things. And uh, then I think as I got older, it was just one of those things. Running just came to me as something that you can do that was not necessarily linked to a gym or linked to something really expensive in terms of equipment. 
And um, I just kind of slowly got back into running. But the difference for me was, you know, growing up and as in high school, I was doing, you know, short distances and sprints. So taking to the road to run was a different story. I had to, it took a minute to sort of get used to that and get used to the, um, just what your body needs to do to, to, to complete a, a good run. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, you know, a hundred meters versus four miles is a very different pace and mentality, right? Exactly. Exactly. So then what's your favorite race distance? Have you grown to enjoy running longer or do you still favor shorter things? I actually like running longer distances now. I mean, I'm not going to be saying, oh, 26.2 is for me. (laughs) That's not my thing. But I definitely like, um, when it comes to races, I like the 5Ks and even a 10Ks is pretty fun. But 5K, you kind of like, you can put it all out there and then be done with it and get your water or hot cocoa or whatever they're offering up at the end of the race. (laughs) But I I like the 5K. But when I'm just doing my own runs, you know, I I mean, four or five miles feels good to me. It feels like I've, I've put in some work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Well, so do you race a lot? You live in in New York. Do you wait? Do you live in you live in Connecticut now? Don't you? I used to live in New York City. I used to live in Brooklyn forever and a day. And then my husband and my son and I we moved to um, Connecticut, oh. which is different. Oh. <laughs> where, where do you... this is a, this is totally random. Do you know the song "The Wives Are in Connecticut" by Carly Simon? No. no neither do okay, I. it's a totally bad song from forever ago, and Thank the you. only reason why I know it is because my sister um, was a Carly Simon fan, and so we, you know, she owned all of her albums. <laughs> so anyway, so we'll throw that out just so in case people know. <laughs> So I'm from Connecticut, Nicole. Where do you live in Connecticut? Really? I did not know that you were a New Englander. Yes. I live in uh, West Hartford, West Hartford, Connecticut. Oh, oh, funny, because our next um, author who's going to be on next month, she lives, just moved to West Hartford. I uh, grew up in Stamford and my parents still live there. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, so then you're, you're more than a short train ride back to the city then. Yeah. Uh, You know what? It's about, I just was in the city uh, maybe on the weekend and it's about, you know, two hours away, two hours of a drive. Mm -hmm. And it's not that bad. It's not Mm -hmm. that bad. You know, it's a pretty drive. Sometimes to save money, um, we would fly into Hartford airport and, um, and then drive down to Stamford from there. So, yeah. yeah. So we're kind of smacked at, we're in between um, New York city and Boston. Mm -hmm. So not a bad place to be. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, so back to races, what's, what's been your most memorable race? Oh my goodness. There's so many, I mean, there's the ones that are memorable for good reasons because you do well and you you feel good after. And then there are the others where you're just like, good Lord, get me out of here. I I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Completely foreign. I think, um, the ones there's one that pops into my mind on the good lord side is uh nike used to do these um uh it was like if it's rock one, the, run the, one hit wonders run hit one wonders. hit yes those run are hit awesome wonders. yeah you would think i would remember with all those shirts i have but um there was one this was before i discovered i had plantar fasciitis Ooh, uh-huh. so 
I was um, running this race with my then fiance, now husband, and we had our red shirts on and we were going strong. We were ready to see whoever, like, I think it was like the Goo Goo Girls or something. Was gonna <laughs> the, be Goo Goo the, dolls, the Goo Goo Dolls. The Goo Goo Dolls. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, I remember just, you know, kind of having to do so much start, stop, so much start, stop mm-hmm. that I was apologizing to this guy. He's not a runner per se. So I was like, sorry, sorry. Cause I just kept saying, this is not feeling, this doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. So I'd run and then I'd have to walk and then run and I have to walk. And I know it's a fun run mm-hmm. and it's all, but I mean, when you're a runner and you're racing, there's no real such there's not such thing as fun run (laughs) you're still always kind of competing even if it's with yourself Uh and so I just felt like such a a kind of I felt loserish because I was like gosh you know here I am telling this guy that I'm you know that we're dating and I'm like yeah I, I run and here I am on this fun run and I'm having to apologize for all the times that we're stopping to kind of walk it through and walk by these 80s bands <laughs> the bands were actually there oh huh? yeah oh yeah, yeah. yeah oh yeah like six like six of them because I did one here in Portland and oh so much fun well I remember they had the um the was it um hammer like the mc hammer yeah can't touch this yeah so oh. he so he oh. was here and then but um general public which was a spinoff of my favorite band of all time Eng- english beat and so i just stopped in front of them <laughs> and just listened to like them go through their entire set i was like i do not care that the time is going tick 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 so it was you know my slowest 10k by a long shot but i just was like oh so they didn't just play the same their one hit wonder they didn't play that again and again and again they well, played they somebody their set list mc hammer definitely you know played can't touch this a whole bunch of times <laughs> <laughs> that might be his only and song. I don't blame him. I do not blame him. I mean, if that's your song, I mean, that's going to be that's a good song to get somebody pumped up and go. It is a good, sure. it's a good running song. Sure. Yeah. 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 No, but the I remember that General Public was the last band of the thing. And so by that point, most people were just going by. And I thought, do you know who these people are? <laughs> And they're just, get out of my way, woman. I'm trying to get to the finish line. They're like, shut up. I want to get to the finish line. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So that comes to mind as one of the races that I was like, ugh, this was not fun because it was just a lot of pain. And then I was in pain afterward. And that prompted me to go to check out a podiatrist and see what was going on. And that's when I found out, okay, this is a foot issue. This yeah. is not just some sort of like bad day, bad run. This is a persistent thing that's going to oh, be no. plaguing me. How long were you sidelined with PF? You know what? I was sidelined for a, a little while. It just so happened that I went to the podiatrist as we were moving into fall. Since 2011, BarkBox has been committed to making dogs happy. For humans, BarkBox is a delivery of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme each month. For dogs, BarkBox is like the joy of a million belly scratches. BarkBoxes include all-natural treats and innovative toys to match a dog's unique needs, including allergies and heavy chewer preferences. Not a phrase I say every day. Dimity's dog Mason, an energetic Weimaraner, is eagerly awaiting his first BarkBox. Dimity let BarkBox know the breed, size, and even name of her dog, as well as the all-important chewing preferences. And now, on the 15th of each month, a new box will get shipped to Mason. Each monthly box is themed, like Country Fair or Brooklyn Hipster, with new and unique toys to keep dogs engaged, interested, and happy. 
If your pooch doesn't like something in the box, BarkBox promises to send something they'll love for free because BarkBox is all about dog happiness. Choose a plan. One, six, or 12-month plans are available. Cancel anytime. Free shipping in the continental U.S. For a free extra month when you subscribe to a six- or 12-month plan of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com AMR. That's BarkBox.com AMR. Woof! Thanks to StoryWorth for supporting our podcast. StoryWorth is a subscription service started by a fellow who wanted families to be able to share their memories and anecdotes with each other. Here's how it works. Purchase a StoryWorth subscription for someone you love, and each week, StoryWorth sends that loved one an email with a question about his or her life. The person either replies with his or her story via email or records it by phone by calling a StoryWorth number. After a year, the stories are bound in a lovely hardcover keepsake book. My husband Jack and I gifted StoryWorth to his dad, and we're especially looking forward to hearing his tales about going to medical school in Dublin, Ireland, which is where Jack was born and spent the first four years of his life. Then we'll share the book with Jack's siblings. For $20 off, visit StoryWorth.com AMR when you subscribe. That's StoryWorth.com AMR. So I was okay with being sort of sidelined during the winter months, but I remember the thing that he told me, I was like, guy, come on. He was, okay, I'm going to give you, um, you know, I'm going to tell you, you can do a podiatrist, I'm sorry, an orthotic, or for now, to sort of help you with your pain, you, he gave me a couple exercises, but he was like, what I recommend is um, just wearing um, some New Balance running shoes. And I was like, this is New York City. I'm a <laughs> journalist. And I work in the city. Like, and I'm a woman here. What are you? <laughs> yeah. So, and I, I'm a shoe lover. So it was, yeah. it's sort of like being told, like, okay, you like all those things? Put them aside and wear these horrible gray running shoes to work every day. Yeah. It's like you can put on your suit, like a three-piece suit. Like, was it Melanie Griffith and like working girl or something like that? You know, carry your leather briefcase and your new balances and your little tie around your neck. And yeah, no, I, that's, I have to say, you know, I lived in New York as well. And there was a lot of, lot of footwear pressure there. Like yes. you walk there more than any other city in the world or, you know, most cities, it's a very walkable city, very walking centric city. And so, you know, realistically, you think I should wear, you know, running shoes to get around. But at the same time, it's also like, you know, fashion central. So you put your running shoes on and any outfit looks like dork central. So, <laughs> well, what I did to avoid dork central was I wore the, the ugly running shoes, you know, to the subway and walking around. But then as soon as I got into work, I was like, slip, slip right into my, you yeah. know, yeah. my high well, you, you, my cool, cool shoes. Did you ever work at Condé Nast, like, you know, that does, like, Self and Glamour and GQ and all those magazines? No, no. no. But I do know the, the, the clackers, the click-clack and all that, yeah. I know that yeah. there's a lot of pressure for fat <laughs> in in every aspect there. Yes. I, I worked at Self. With, that was, like, the most low-key out of all the magazines. And still, I felt like, you know, I was always on the Glamour don't list, no matter how hard I tried. So. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, well, so we, so obviously um, we love hearing your background and your perspective because you're a very sassy girl, um, and we want you to read part of your essay. Um, can you remind us what it's called? It's called Taking the Title and Running With It. Nice, nice, and it is the first essay in the book, so that was one of the reasons we wanted to have you be the first one on. So let's let's hear the section of the essay that you chose for us. Sure. Please. All right. Nice manners, Sarah, by the way. (laughs) 
The moment I knew I was a runner had nothing to do with miles or meters, pace or a race. It wasn't about a clever catchphrase on a tech t-shirt, nor was it linked to a righteous cause or campaign. Actually, my transition from nonchalant foot shuffler just getting fresh air to focused road hound came down to one single word, which is fitting, I suppose, for a writer. I became a runner the day I took high offense to being called a jogger. I mean, a jogger? How dare you, madam? My doctor committed the grand misstep during my physical almost five years ago. We were going through the usual series of health questions, alcohol consumption, caffeine, diet, sleep, exercise. The first two were easy, zip. I've always been a lightweight when it comes to alcohol. And coffee never was a friend of mine. Plus, I was a new mother then, still nursing my fresh from the oven cinnamon bun. So the no wine or cappuccinos life worked well for me. The diet was on point. Breastfeeding will do that for you. On the topic of sleep, we may have just looked at each other and belly laughed. Show me a baby who considers your sleep needs and I'll show you right off the set of that movie. When we got around to my doctor asking what I was doing for exercise, I started in with my usual non-committal bit. Sometimes head out, fresh air, short runs, nothing major, run a couple races before the baby. These days, fresh air. The doctor jotted down a note in my file and looked up at me. So you're an occasional jogger, she said, nodding. Do you jog on a treadmill usually or do you go jogging outside, weather permitting? What I heard was, so you're a jogging jogger who jogs to jogger jogging. Gnashing my teeth was the only thing I could do to refrain from jumping off the cold examination table, flimsy paper gown and all, to stuff cotton balls in her mouth. Okay, maybe I was a tad overtired too, but the whole jogger thing just rubbed me the wrong way. It sounded lukewarm and lethargic, and I knew that what I was doing out there pounding uneven pavement, confronting plantar fasciitis, pushing through long after my music stopped and my motivation wanted to do so as well, was not even a little bit related to laziness. My visceral at that moment reaction, I am a runner, thank you very much, Doc. Granted, it's just language, a noun, but there's a sensibility, a community attached to the term runner that elevates it beyond simply being a word giving it more meaning and rendering it part of an identity. That's it. Oh my gosh. I had to totally remove myself from the microphone because when you're doing the jogger, jogging, jog <laughs> thing, I was, I was like, oh no, I'm going to totally start laughing. It's so <laughs> awesome to hear you read it. I know it really is. I just, I'm like, I, I think, can she narrate our next book? I'm already like, <laughs> your voice is amazing. Were you a drama student or something, Nicole? <laughs> no, you guys are great. Oh, you guys are fantastic. I need to have you like in my ear. No, you need day. pocket serendimities or angel serendimities. <laughs> is more like it or we need you know narrator nicole or something like that but yeah i mean that you know you did a great job reading it you did an amazing job writing it and i love it because you distill kind of the definitions of being a writer being a mother and then being a runner and kind of how they've all kind of merged together and become your new identity so how did the idea of your essay come to you Gosh, you know, I had been thinking about labels around the time that I was asked to be on this great project. I was thinking about labels and just, you know, what we call ourselves. And 
I think it just kind of came to me in that way where I was thinking about, you know, um, the fact that when someone says, oh, well, what do you do? I say, I'm a writer. And I usually follow that writer and a journalist because I feel as though there was a time where I felt as though the journalist part kind of gave some um, legitimacy to me saying I'm a writer because even though I'm published, I'm a writer, I have a book out, it, it just felt like people often say like, oh yeah, okay, and you're a painter too, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and so what trust, fund do you, what trust fund do you live off of? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I just, yeah. I always, I, for a while I, w- I went through something where, where I was no longer attached to a magazine as an editor. So I'm a freelance writer and I felt as though I had to say, you know, journalist to, to sort of, you know, add some weight to it. And also I've been a journalist for a long time. So I think I, I just, I'm, I keep hanging on to that title as well. So I was thinking a lot about titles and what we call ourselves when we're talking to somebody else and what we call ourselves when we're even, you know, referring to ourselves to somebody else. So I, that's what sort of led me down that path. Yeah. So, well, so, and, and owning that title of runner is is big. I mean, I, I know that a lot of women listening to us right now are still like, if they ask get asked if they're a runner, they'll be like, yeah, well, I've done a 5K and a half marathon, <laughs> but I'm not really a runner, you know? And it's uh-huh. like, you know, so, I mean, so mentally, how did you own that running? You know, and I talk about this in the store, in the, in the essay, um, I think it just came down to, um, taking pride in the work that goes into being a runner. And I mean, there's a community to it. And um, there's sort of like the crazy runner mind where you're talking about, like I was just telling you earlier, where you're talking about going out into, you know, minus two degree weather to go running. Or you're like, oh, the treadmill, yuck, and all that stuff. So there's a certain sort of um, life of runner that you kind of come into that, that starts to feel natural. But I think that um, for me, it was just owning the fact that I'm not just out there strolling and sort of, you know, walking my dog or something. I'm actually putting work into something and I'm timing myself and I'm, I'm, I'm present and I'm, I'm working towards something. So I think that's what helped me sort of kick over into owning the title of runner and wearing it with pride. Nice. I, have, I do have to ask, do you still go to the same doctor? And if so, have you ever like kind of set it down for her and let her know that you are a runner? You mean like go in there with my medals and my yeah, or, like, hey, right. and then and then bring in the book to her and be like, hey, hey, look at you, you made it into this book without the cotton balls in your mouth too. Right. Um, no, I have. I don't go to that same doctor. Um, she was lovely, but I don't go to that same doctor anymore. Although my new doctor, since we moved to Connecticut. I went to her for my annual physical and um, we were talking. Oh, no, no. What happened was she, the doctor that I normally went to, she was out on maternity leave. So her replacement was in there and she was taking some you know, notes and everything's done on computer these days and mm-hmm. they're all on laptops talking to you, but not really <laughs> looking right. at you. Yeah. And so she was jotting things down on this computer and then she looked up at something on the computer and she goes, What? And I was like, oh, my gosh, we didn't even start anything. What, what are you going to tell me? And she was balking at my age. Oh, nice. So she said, I just looked up. She said, oh, my gosh, I just 
looked up because I thought, oh my gosh, I'm in the wrong file. There's no way you are the age that it says here. And I was like, oh, sniff. Thank you. <laughs> really good. And um, she's like, you look fantastic. And then we, you know, she, I was basking in all that, uh, all that glow. And then she asked me, you know, um, and I said, well, you know, I try to take care of myself and I run. And she was like, ah, uh, yeah. So I felt like, you know, the runner thing came back to mm. bite the jogger thing in a very <laughs> great way with a different doctor, but it's still in my mind. I was like, okay, victory. Yeah, vindication. <laughs> you were nice. validated. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes, yes, validated, yes. vindicated, one of those B words. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Yes. So, so in your essay, uh, you tell us that your training partner is a, is a guy and that you, you found him on Craigslist. So, so I want to hear about both those facts. Well, he's no longer my training partner since we moved. Yeah. uh, When I, when I, after I had my son, I decided to get back on the road and get back into running in a more serious way. And, um, I decided I was going to start doing some of those New York roadrunner races and, um, I figured I need someone who's going to help me stay at it and stick with it. And someone who's, you know, good at running and who can offer some advice and help me get better and all of that stuff. So I went on Craigslist. Oh, God. Which is, is a little frightening. I got to say, when I read that, I was like, wow, Nicole, you are a badass mother runner. You know, well, like- I got to tell you, this is before Craigslist became Craigslist. And it was, like, you know, it was really, it was still someplace you could go, you know, offload your extra TV and, you know, get some skis and all that kind of stuff. It wasn't that bad at the time. And, um, well, and it's not that bad now. I mean, it's just it's more that bad. like the idea of like, I'm looking for a running partner and I'm going on Craigslist. Yes. Yes. I mean, now knowing what I know now, I would definitely just find the closest like fleet feet or closest running group online. And then, you know, go from there. And you know, nowadays there's just so much more, it's so much, it's so much more easily accessible, like things online, just getting to know like meetups and different things. You could just look it up online and find your information. So I ended up, I resorted to Craigslist because that's where you go at the time for, you know, exchanging things. So <laughs> I, uh, I met this guy and, uh, I, I just tr- sort of vetted him as best I could by asking, we exchanged emails and uh, we, um, just asked him a bunch of questions and he seemed harmless. <laughs> so I decided to meet him at a very public place at prospect park, uh, in Brooklyn. And they have this great loop there. That's like just over it's about 5k. It's just over three miles. And, um, I met him there we'll call him Ray. And I met him there and he was kind of nerdy and very <laughs> into running. And he reminded me of, oh, this is so horrible. He reminded me of Kenny G, like a younger Kenny G. <laughs> he had long curly hair and he was, you know, very slim, very slight. And, um, um, looked like a runner, I guess. And so I said to him, you know, I told him what I was, my goals were, I was just trying to, you know, get a, keep a good pace and finish more races and get more races tucked under my belt kind of thing. And he was very helpful. He was very um, encouraging. So, uh, we, um, met at prospect park a few times to run and, um, just, you know, keep training. And we actually went to two races through the New York Roadrunners uh, group. One of them was like a, one of those like hot cocoa runs that's mm-hmm. in December. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
that was one of my first times where I was like, what am I doing here? <laughs> it's freezing outside and dangling hot cocoa and a bagel is not going to make me feel any better about running in the stark cold. But Ray was an interesting character. Like I said, he was very nerdy. He lived with his mom and all yeah. that stuff. And, uh, one time when we were training, uh, for, for, uh, in Prospect Park, he started, uh, how do I say in a nice, polite way, he started passing gas. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> and I was like, uh, <laughs> you know, I, mean, I had gotten used to the spitting that people do, which is still gross, but I was like, okay, that's part of, you know, running people do that. But this was not something that people do is what I thought. So, but he was doing it and just sort of like, he was nothing. <laughs> I kept trying to, you know, keep my face from crumbling into like complete disgust. And he were running or running. And finally I was kind of like, uh, Ray, what's up? And he said like, oh, sorry, that happens sometimes. And just sort of like kept it, just brushed it off and kept going. But I was never able to get over the fact that this is what was going on. I mean, it was just so bizarre to me that he was doing this and it was like. That he had to fart while he was running? That was bizarre to you or that he just, or that he just didn't have any kind of filter? Like the fact that he's running you know with a female that he doesn't know very well. Both. Both. The, second, the, the latter was the bigger deal because it was sure, kind of, sure. we don't know each other and you are yeah. mighty comfortable, my friend, to me. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I should have said like, I'm a writer and this is probably going to get into the something well, that I write. So about. I have to say that's the perfect segue because there is a line where you call him a gassy bastard. <laughs> and I mean, I have read your essay probably 10 times, you know, editing it and then reading proofs and stuff. And every time I just crack up at that, like rage. <laughs> you gassy bastard. So that alone is a reason to write, to read the book because in your essay, because it just makes me laugh every time. Well, and I, I know people are wondering because I am, were you guys like the same pace or did he slow for you? I mean, because you said he oh, was no. a talented runner and not that you're not, but you know, like there's oh, a, you know, a sex slowed. difference. Oh no, no. He slowed way down to help me. And that's one of the reasons that I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm going to try to forego the gassy thing. And <laughs> he, was, he was really doing me a favor by helping me, um, you know, with my stride, with my pace. And he was a super fast, like he was in one of those seven minute clubs type oh, of things. And uh -huh, sure. he was super fast and definitely slowed down to help me and to work with me. So yeah. I appreciated him for that. And I still appreciate him for that. Um, I think the other thing that was weird to me, like you just asked was, I just didn't know that that was something, like I said, the spitting thing I, I kind of got and, but the, the farting thing, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> and I guess it, because I was not thinking about it. And I mean, I mean, I know you guys do TMI Tuesdays. So yeah, say, I think, you know, again, I think our listeners are being like, you don't know that people fart when they run, Nicole. I mean, you know, oh, but I, don't I think know. it sounds like it would, gets, you know, it's a, it's, it kind of clears out the intestines, right? That's one of yeah, the benefits. Like, this was years ago. So I, I think for me, the bigger, like I said, the bigger deal was that he was doing this with me and he was acting. He didn't even say, excuse me. Right. That's <laughs> yeah. what, that's yeah. what I think that he was, it sounds like he wasn't even acknowledging it. He like, wasn't even acknowledging yeah, it. Or making, so oh, stepped on a duck or something like that, you know, yeah. like making that a joke. That was the weirder it. thing. Yeah. And then I'm kind of like, what's going on? But then as I got deeper into running, I realized like, oh, that's what's going on. <laughs> okay. I get it. <laughs> um, so it totally made sense. And I mean, like, I, I know, like I said, that you guys do TMI Tuesdays, so you've heard everything. But I think um, 
one of the, the first things that came to me where I was like, ah, oh, okay, was how good running is for your bowel movements and <laughs> keep everything very much in check. So yes. I was like, okay, so this is all connected. I get it. I get it. I get it. So that is one of the biggest problems of being injured. As long as we're going TMI is like, you know, like it just doesn't, you know, cycling, weightlifting. I mean, yes, you know, but it doesn't just, it's not, it's not that regular rhythm of just moving things no. along, you know, it's not clockwork. Like it's, it yeah. really does something for your constitution there. It does. Yes. Your constitution. That's the perfect word. That's a very proper word. Um, well, so, um, so what are, what are you thinking about doing, um, this year? Do you have any goals or fitness stuff for 2015, Nicole, that you have on your plate or you just kind of taking it as it comes? Well, you know, I had a huge, a bigger goal for 2014 that kind of got sidetracked in the worst way. I was going to do my first sprint triathlon and I was training with a group and everything. And it was two weeks out. The uh, actual race was on the 19th of June. I'll never forget it. And it was two weeks out and I had gone to LA for a meeting. So I flew out there, just me and my husband and son were back home. I came back on a Saturday and it was a sunny Saturday. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go for a bike ride. Um, just to back it up, I purchased my first road bike for this uh, sprint oh triathlon and I was going to, you know, I started training on it and all of that stuff. I had purchased the bike like six weeks before this incident and I fly back in on the red eye, come in, I'm like, I'm going to take a nap and then I'm going to go for a ride. So I went, my, every, we were in the house, I was taking things out of the car and I just glanced over to where my bike should have been. Oh, dang. Oh, shoot. And I looked over and I was like, uh, where's the bike? So I asked my husband, I was like, did you maybe, you know, I don't know, doing something with my, our son, did you move it somewhere else in the back? Where, where else in the garage would you move it that I can't see it? And he was like, <laughs> no, I, I didn't see oh. anything. And then he was like, you know, when I came to pick you up this morning, because I had taken the red eye, he's like, when I came to pick you up this morning, the garage door was open, but I didn't think anything of it. And so then two and two started to fall in place. And I was like, holy crap, someone stole my bike. And I was so upset. And it was, like I said, two weeks before the race. And this was a new bike to me still. And I just, it just threw me off, completely threw me off my game. And the coach, my training coach at the time was trying to see if we could a bike or what we could do to remedy the situation quickly. And there was just no quick fix to it. And I was so angry about it. And so like, I felt really, um, just annoyed that someone actually did that. Cause I'm like, this bike is, I'm a short, I'm a short girl. How many people could really use this bike? I'm so upset about it. And, um, like I said, it just threw me off my game and I never, I, I continued running and I continued trying to improve my swimming, but I didn't get the bike, hmm. uh, in replaced. So for 2015, it's a longer story to, to sure. get back to 2015 to say that I think I still want to have that as something that I check off that I did a sure. sprint triathlon to see if that's something that I want to continue doing, or if it's something that I want to, you know, move up on and actually go to like a Olympics length or something. Sure. But that's my, my next, uh, idea is, you know, when come spring, am I going to replace this bike and, um, get back into training for a sprint triathlon? Well, I think I, I'm leaning towards it. I'm, well, being, I'm very much leaning towards. Yes. 
Yes, I think you should. Um, and secondly, um, I'm glad I thought you were going to talk about how you got hit by a car. And I don't like to hear those stories, <laughs> no. understandably. So, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, that I'm glad your bike was stolen, but, you know, that's they're both bad situations. Yes. And yes. so, yeah. And so get one of those little kryptonite locks and lock it up in your garage next and, time. And, and I also think it can be your next thing to look for on Craigslist. Is a, yeah, it's okay, a used you bike, you know? <laughs> so. No, no, no. Not going that route again. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, and so um, the last question we have for you is we have this cute picture of you and this older man, um, mm-hmm. and you took an Aussie. Is that what is that what you called it? This is what um, I, look, hey, I'm old too, so I, I'm finding out from the kids that there's selfies and then there are Aussies when there's more than just yourself in the picture. But you just look like you're 21, Nicole, so, you know. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Um, this gentleman, I, I see him all the time. So I run year round and I see this older man all the time. I, 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 sometimes I see him, it depends on what time I go out, but I usually see him around the same area on my route. And he is older man and he's shuffling. He's not even close to running, but he's, you know, shuffling and kind of kind of hobbling. So he's got an obvious limp and some, some things going on with his, with his limbs, but he is out there no matter if it's raining. One time I saw him out there with an umbrella. (laughs) It's just the sweetest thing. And he's just out there. And whenever I go that way, I I hope I see him because it just keeps me like, okay, keep going. Cause if he's out here, you need to be out here. And, um, a couple times I said, you know, if I see him, I, I didn't see him for a little while during the summer. And I said, if I see him, next time I see him, I'm going to take a picture of him and I, uh, take a picture of us together because I have taken a picture of him, me approaching him from the back. And he didn't know, obviously. Mm -hmm. And, um, I said, you know, next time I see him, I'm going to just do the bold thing and ask if he wouldn't mind taking a picture. Cause he always, we always wave at each other. So it was one boiling summer day, uh, in 2014. And I saw him and I said, you know, I'm going to do it. So it was muggy and everything. And I, I, that was the day he had the umbrella. Actually, it was a close up (laughs) umbrella. And I went up to him and he said, uh, I said, hi, how are you? And he said, oh, okay. It looks like we're going to maybe need one of these. And he held up the umbrella (laughs) and I said, you know, I always see you out here, sir. And it's always encouraging to me to see you out here. I think that what you're doing is great and you should keep going. And he kind of smiled. And then I said, I have an odd question for you. Do you mind if we take a picture together. And he was like, Oh, okay. He's a little bit surprised, but he's like, okay. And, uh, I did the, uh, the, the ussy pose and we took this great picture together and he's smiling in it. And, um, and it's one of my favorite pictures on my, cause I take a lot of pictures when I run, it's usually of scenery or something, but it's one of my favorite run shots that I've taken over the years. And, uh, I look back on it and it always makes me smile. Nice, nice. So the actual final question that we think we're going, or the pl- plan oh, yeah. is to the plan is to ask each of the essays this question: um, What three words best describe your running? What three words best describe my running? Mm-hmm. Do you mean like my style of running, or mm, oh, what you can running interpret means it, to me? Yeah, or? I mean you can you interpret it how you want. Okay, um, persistence, peace, and health. Well, I like that. It goes back to the the doctor visit. It all circles back to the doctor visit. <laughs> you must be a writer. You bookended that so well. <laughs> I, I was gonna I was gonna offer up passing gas because it's another keyword. Yeah. But I thought, well, that's alliteration. That's yeah. Alliteration goes bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, well, it was great fun talking with you, with you, Nicole. Thanks for joining us. Oh, I'm so glad that I was able to do this. Thank you yeah, so much. Yeah, Again. and we, we hope you're going to uh, join us for, we're uh, probably going to do a reading in the tri-state New York area. And if it's in Greenwich, Connecticut, you know, you could just zip down 95 or the Merritt Parkway and come come join us. I would be happy to do that. I'm also happy to go to Boston oh, and yeah. Princeton. Awesome. where my in-laws live, yeah. Oh, awesome. Good, good. Yeah, the yeah. the plan is possibly to kick off uh, with a book reading in Lexington, Massachusetts. So you wouldn't even have to fight Boston traffic, really. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, good. Okay, we've talked well, enough I... about East Coast geography. Love you both, but I, I have no idea what you're talking about. So and, and neither does like the Western half of the country. So. <laughs> well, I do want to say um, thank you both for what you're doing. I mean, it's so, so, so important that you guys have uh, continued to build this community this important community and helping women know that there are other women out there just like them out there pounding the pavement and getting it done. So thank (laughs) you for doing what you're doing. And I I really appreciate you asking me to be part of the project. You're very sweet, Nicole. Thank you. Take care. Happy New Year. Same to you. Bye. I really have to say like I was I I didn't I didn't want to take out the Craigslist part but I was just like very very amazed by her gumption weren't you when you read that the first time I know I mean particularly because I think now Craigslist has such uh you know is so well known for you know men seeking men men seeking women you know men seeking three women you know it's like (laughs) it's like whoa under what like category did she put that Um, I think she might have I don't know. I guess we should have gotten that detail from her, but I feel like Ray had an ad up and she answered it, but maybe she put it up and Ray answered it. It's probably the other, given that Ray was kind of an odd creature. He was a gassy bastard. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that she said he looked like Kenny G because, because she, you know, Ray's not his real name. And so that she dubbed him Ray. And I totally envisioned him like as Christopher from like the Sopranos, like this really kind of, I don't know, 32 year old Italian guy with like this great nose and a good head of hair, but like maybe his shirt was cut a little low or something. And I'm like, wait, he looked like Kenny G. I thought he looked like Christopher. <laughs> I lived with his mom. So. Yeah, I, we I didn't know, we didn't it. know that she, detail. That was a good detail. I know that was a good detail. I kind of want that in the essay now. Okay, hold the presses. <laughs> right, right. In the in the second edition of the book, but exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So well, great. Well, um, please like us on Facebook. Our pages run like a mother. The book. Visit our websites, which are anothermotherrunner.com and motherrunnerstore.com. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram. We're at the Mother Runner. Our books, Run Like a Mother, Train Like a Mother, and Tales from Another Mother Runner, are available on Amazon.com. And uh, no matter who you're running with, many happy miles to you. <laughs> <laughs>